Hi, my name is Wesley Parker. You might know me on Instagram as Wes Writes for Fun, which means you also know that I write books. Headphones and Heartaches tells the story of Percy Martin, a homeless teenager placed into the foster care system after his mother overdoses on heroin. Sounds interesting, right? Well, what if I told you that at one point in my life, I was Percy Martin? At the age of eight, I was summoned from my third grade classroom to the main office, where a social worker told me that I was being taken away from my mother and placed into foster care. I never went back home. Now, I'm not complaining because I had wonderful foster mothers who treated me like I was one of their own and helped me navigate this new normal that I was living in. But yet and still, I never quite felt like I fit in. That sense of normalcy that I craved evaded me for most of my life until I got married and had kids of my own and gave them the upbringing that I never had. As I wrote this book and researched the changes in foster care since I emancipated, I found myself frustrated knowing that kids are still dealing with this kind of new normal. I was also frustrated because I felt like I could be doing more. Sure, writing a book and detailing the experience of being in foster care would help them feel less alone, but I felt really disingenuous to write this book and slink back into my comfortable life while they still dealt with the horrors of being in foster care. It was an itch that I couldn't scratch, and I racked my brain trying to figure out ways to do more and make a difference. Which is why I am ecstatic to announce that half of every copy of Headphones and Heartache Sold will be going to the Camp To Belong River Valley organization. Camp To Belong River Valley is a 100% volunteer-based organization that hosts events for siblings separated in foster care. While we take for granted the ability to share meals with our siblings and even tell them goodnight, to these kids, that means everything. The organization is committed to helping kids foster healthy relationships with their siblings while creating positive childhood memories and preparing them for adulthood. You can learn more about the organization by checking out their website at ctbrivervalley.org. You can check out past events, maybe even donate. I hope that you'll join me in helping make an impact on children who need it the most. remember so we we dressed up as new day yep. uh for that one and that was i think it was marley's idea wasn't it that we get the the red the red track suits you know what um, it was it started with i got so excited that we were doing it was something that like i've always wanted to do like my entire life is to have something where i have friends to go through you know as an adult you're like all right something where we can all go and it's just our thing yep so i remember getting so excited like I was on the WWE shop and they had a crazy sale on stuff and I was going to get a new day jacket. I'm like, Oh, I just get them one. And then I remember I hit you guys here. I was, I was in the business school at my college. I remember I was taking a, a macroeconomics class and I was like, what's your address? It's hurry <laughs> and your sizes. And <laughs> oh, I think yeah, we all, you, you got the blue jackets for it, right? Jacket. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've still and got then that. And Marley spent like 
four hours trying to find the perfect shade of red for sweats. Damn. And then, like, we got the sweats, and I was like, all right, well, I'll get us the headband with the unicorn. <laughs> uh, I think the last picture we took when we were leaving, we were all in the sweatshirt, the blue sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, so that week was just, I was just super excited to be a part of something like that. I'm happy that we're all cool guys. Like, there's not the one guy that's like a dickhead, and you're like, oh, why are we here with it? You know what I mean? It was it was a really, you're a solid dude. Uh, and obviously, Marley is what he is to me. So I remember I got there like three days before everybody else, before you guys did. So I'm just driving around the city, getting excited, you know, uh, going to bookstores, stuff like that. Marley got in on Friday. Friday morning, I picked him up. We went, we drove to Houston to see his sister, my niece, and like spent the night there. And then we came up, had dinner, and then picked you up from the airport. I still am kind of angry that we didn't get NXT tickets because that was the Nakamura Sami Zayn match. It was, wasn't it? Oh my God. But I also remember it was like, Eight hundred dollars for a fucking ticket because everybody else wanted to be there too. Um, yeah, that that was the last. Uh, I think that was the last takeover. Certainly, the last takeover at Mania where it was in the smaller arena. They they moved to like fifteen thousand seats. Nah, it was that, in the, it was in the Mavericks arena. It was in the Mavericks arena at that point. It wasn't at Cowboys, but it was at where the Mavericks play. Oh yeah, yeah. Because remember, they used to do. The reason they switched it up is because they got tired of doing NXT on Friday and having to take everything down and then do the Hall of Fame ceremony and take right. everything down and build it up for Raw again. You know the, the SummerSlam weekend, they're, they're flipping it this year? So so SummerSlam is on the Saturday this year and NXT TakeOver is on the Sunday. I actually like that better. Yeah, we'll see how it works, eh? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it. it. I mean, There's going to be so many drunk people like after SummerSlam. It's going to be ridiculous. It's in Vegas. Oh my, one of them. oh my God. I wish, I wish I was going. But, going back to that weekend, we, it, it, it's funny. We have times where we don't even, there's been times where we've had, we didn't have tickets to an event and we just, I think that night we grabbed dinner and we, we were staying with a friend of mine and we just went back and watched it like on our couch. <laughs> we got an air mattresses going and we're just watching the NXT. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, it's a solid event. That was a great, like, that whole card, top to bottom. The weird thing about that mania, as we get into it, is I kind of give them a mulligan because that was a mania. They had so many injuries. Yeah. Like, they had, yeah. they could have built a better mania with the guys they didn't have. Like, when you're pulling Shane McMahon out of the fucking blue and putting him with The Undertaker, you know shit is dire. And tonight when I was getting ready to, to get on with you, I was thinking about that, and it's like, you know what's funny is, had... WWE been run how it is now, they probably would have just pulled somebody from NXT. You know what I mean? They probably would have just called someone up. But back then, it was its own. It wasn't what it was. Yeah, they they weren't. Um, I mean, NXT now, you don't have to look far to get a star in yeah. in in that brand. And back then, it was still very developmental. You could maybe pull a couple of people out, but if you did, you know, they would really have to make an impression on the mm-hmm. crowd. Like it was still. It was it was at a good sweet spot at that moment. Like getting Nakamura from New Japan, and that was shit. That was 2016, wasn't it? So that that was a magical like time when AJ and the Good Brothers 
and Nakamura signed and, and there was a big buzz around like guys coming over from Japan but but they um but yeah NXT wasn't wasn't what it was now or wasn't what it was um you know even even two years ago where I think it it went through a good peak um yeah but but I mean so they did well with we it. I'm looking in... at the card I'm looking at the the, the card here and I'm, uh, I mean it's not it wasn't a bad card at, at that Mania 32. So Dude, before we kicked... get into that, yeah. I want to tell the story of like what it was like for us going in. We pull up to the stadium. Like we, we had, I think, like eight, an 18-pack in the trunk. We pull up to the stadium. It was like $100 to park. They're like, are you serious? So we park. It was a fucking lot, on it? <laughs> yeah. And then... I'll never forget, we're just in this parking lot. Everybody's blasting, like, theme songs out of their trunks. And I think yep. some guy came and, like, how much for the beer? And we sold him, like, two beers, $10 each. And you and Marley went and bought more. Uh, we got interviewed by a podcast. It was hot. <laughs> as shit, but, like, it was, that's probably some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Because it was, there was no bullshit. There was no politics. None of that. It was just a bunch of wrestling fans getting together. Yeah, We did the Stone Cold Toast. We took our shirts off and did the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to continue a, that tradition, please. Yes, yes. And then there was a ticketing snafu. You remember where the scanners wasn't working for the stadium, so we were in line for the fucking, fucking hour. Wi-Fi went down. Yeah. How stupid is that? We couldn't get in because the fucking Wi-Fi went down. We missed. Uh, we missed the team total divas defeating team bad, and uh, okay Kalisto still beating Ryback somehow. Yeah. So. I don't even think like that. That's how bad the card was. But so you had three pre-show, and then it was, and essentially the main card was nine matches. Um, the latter match was great because if you remember, I, I believe Dusty Rhodes had recently passed away, and Stardust yeah. they got him like that black and yellow polka dot ladder. I remember yeah. that. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. The I moment I loved of that match in particular, first of all, there was some brutal spots in that match. Like, there was one where, uh, I think it was Zane, like, just puts Owens through a ladder. Like, it, it, <laughs> that shit looked like it hurt. Oh, um, yeah, he caught his knee badly there, didn't he? Yeah. And then uh, there was the moment everybody thought the Miz would win. And what's funny is he always knows where the camera is. So he's up there, he's got one hand mm-hmm. on the title, and he just looks at the camera and gives a shit-eating grin. And then uh, Zack Ryder knocks him down, and he gets the title. That was a perfect win. Yeah, he knew where the hard cam was. That, like, that's that's the thing about Miz. He plays his role so well. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he, knew, he knew that people were going to think he was going to win and that people were going to hate it. So he's like, I'm going to... Yeah, turn up this shit heel even more, dude. He knows he knows the payoff. He like he's his his psychology for the business is, is spot on. Like he like he. If he were good. a better wrestler, he would be the guy that could carry the company. He's got that right. whole media part down. He just doesn't have the the wrestling part itself. Like like the athleticism as of a yeah. of a of a Roman Reigns or a Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. I mean, with with what he has, the skills he has, like he's he's lived his best uh, career, I think, in that company. You can't you can't mm. ask for anything more from him. You really can't. Do you know what my favorite part of that mania was? 
was me, you, and Marley getting ourselves on camera. <laughs> uh, so, so I have to admit, I saw I saw the camera crew coming around for a little bit and, and walking up the aisles, and looking for people like, well, "What's content worthy? What's content worthy?" And I knew because we were wearing our red jumpsuits and we had our unicorn horns on. Like I knew, I knew they were coming over. So, um, so they they did, and we were we were dancing our asses off so much so that they they kept the footage. And they even put it on the WrestleMania 33 advertisement a year later. So I don't know if it's still on the internet, but listeners, if you want to look that up, CPR's Luke, West and Marley are on the WrestleMania 33 commercial. I mean, that made the trip even yeah. better. And it was like in a delayed gratification kind of way because we, we, we saw it a year later and it was like, oh my God, this trip's even more epic now because <laughs> we actually made it onto a WWE fucking commercial. Oh my God. So, uh, looking through the rest of the card here. Uh, Ooh, it's not a good one, is it? I thought I mean, the AJ the AJ and Chris Jericho could have been better. Uh, the funny thing about that, remember they were a tag team for like a week, and they came out with the Y2AJ shirts, yep. and the tag team was broken up like the next week. You can probably buy one of those for like 600 bucks on, on eBay now. Yep. Uh, that that match was kind of disappointing. I was I was really surprised that they let Jericho get that over on AJ at his first WrestleMania. Uh, the next match mm-hmm. on the card was the League of Nations versus the New Day. Now, they had that big ass cereal box. Now, this is my first Mania, and so while the AJ Styles match is going on from our vantage point, we can see that they're setting up. So if you're watching on TV, you don't see it, but they're actually setting up these huge entrances. So you're trying to watch the match, and you just see a big-ass box of bootios being brought onto the stage, which that was that was one of the dopest like entrances. It was great. Um, rest in peace to the League of Nations. That shit was... I get what they were trying to do. They were just awful at it. Um, they didn't sync up. It, on paper, like, that's a stacked stable. Del Rio, Rusev, Sheamus, and, and King Barrett, but it just, you knew what it, it was. It was, you know, four big guys, four four good players uh, on the roster, and they just kind of lumped them together to give them something to do. Here's I'm surprised the they part. won. Nobody they remembers the that match. Um, Nobody remembers that match. But what happened after that match? Is why nobody Dude, what happened the after itself. that match was so this this was when I lost my voice and all the beers kicked in and <laughs> the hangover was brought on just so the right way after they that brought match, all three of them out oh my I God. think they get because I think it was it was HBK first and then you're like okay and then Foley comes out and then Obviously, we couldn't hear what Cole was saying, but we could see him on the screen, and he's calling for one more, and then the glass mm-hmm. shatters, and the place just goes fucking insane. Oh, there's, there's like, no other choice but yeah, to go insane. It's, it's hard to, it's, like, um, everybody know you can be five years old and you know what the hell that glass means. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like Austin, he's he's immortal. Like that's the best way to put it. He's it. Yeah, it's it. Biggest pop of all time, and no one will beat it. No Ooh, one will beat it. You know what? I'm 
I'm going to disagree once we get to some of the other events we've been to. All right. Uh, but no, that one was definitely up there. Um, the Brock Lesnar-Dean Ambrose match is probably the most disappointing match I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. I had yeah, such pro- high hopes for that. Apparently Brock wasn't into the feud. Wasn't into Ambrose. So, yeah. Could have been uh, great. Could have been great. Uh, Charlotte um, defeated... The uh, triple threat. So, Becky Lynch and... So, actually, so we... So, we were there. We were there when uh, the 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 new women's championship was made and the divas one was re- re- retired. That's a big moment to be. Uh, I was I was getting to. food. I was getting food. I wasn't there for that. Oh, were you out for that one? And the only reason I know that is because I paid nineteen dollars for a cheesesteak, made the Dallas way, and then um, proceeded to eat that and some French fries before the Undertaker made it to the fucking cell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It the good thing about Undertaker's entrance is you you don't have to put a shit match on the card to to give fans a let up. You just give it. You just have a five minute Undertaker entrance, and Jesus. you let people breathe for a minute. Now I don't think the match was as bad as people made it out to be. Like the problem was everybody was knew he wasn't beating the Undertaker. Like yeah, it was thirty. I'm looking at 30 minutes. All it yeah. was was really setting up. It was all it was done was to set up a uh, Shane's big stunt. You know what I mean? Like that's really oh, all yeah. it was. Yeah. The the Shane jump. Yep. Um, and for some reason that still wasn't the biggest waste of time at this mania. Uh, Baron Corbin wins DeAndre the Giant. That was a beer run for us. That was a beer run. I, I remember that. Uh, yeah, oh. I didn't know much about Corbin at the time. I think Marley really liked it because he's, I think he's the that he pays more attention to NXT than than we all do, and I, he's he's up on the product. So he, I remember him being hyped about Baron Corbin, and that kind of uh, that kind of got me excited. To when Corbin got the win, I was See, like, all right, great, yeah, NXT guy, sure, great. But here's the other thing: at this point, we're pushing probably about six hours. You know, oh, and, my hangover was in full effect at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, there's The Rock and Eric Rowan. What people don't remember is The Rock talked for like 30 minutes, like before that whole thing kicked off. Remember, he comes out, he's got the flamethrower, he has the big entrance that took longer than The Undertaker's Rock. 20 minute speech just to give the attendance. I know, right? They had to really, because, because, yeah, obviously, the, the card was. Like decimated with injuries, so yeah. If you give the rock a good half an hour, hopefully you're gonna get the the crowd on board. Yeah, but the problem is, like, I really wish they would have learned from this mania. Like, and this is for anybody that listens to this. WrestleMania is a beautiful thing, but if you really want the essence of what the weekend is about, NXT is where you want to go, because yeah. WrestleMania is. It's a pop culture phenomenon. So there's going to be musical performance. There's going to be stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by the time, you know, The Rock squashes Rowan, he has his speech, Cena comes back. By that point, we're sitting at about seven hours. Now, on top of that, the people already weren't fucking with Roman Reigns. So it was kind of a toxic environment in a, in a way i mean 
if you watch, if you yeah. rewatch it now, like you can't, you might hear some boos because WWE likes to mess with the audio. I can tell mm-hmm. you, and and obviously Luke, you were there. Like, it's nothing compared to how it was. Like they were booed out of the building. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't happy with. I I went back and watched it afterwards, and uh, and clearly they turned down match. some of those boos. It's not a bad match. It's just. People were exhausted. I can't remember much really about weren't. it, to be honest. Uh, it was, but, yeah, but, it was one of those. Yeah, the the, the Roman, um, yeah, the Roman hate was was in full force at that time because, yeah, they felt they were just uh, putting it on this guy. But I mean, who else are you going to put it on? I'll tell you how bad who? it was. Here's how bad it was because people who were watching it wouldn't have seen this. It was so bad that after Roman does the whole, you know, he wins and then they get the fireworks and he leaves. They had Stephanie and Triple H stay in the ring and they ran Triple H's music as if he won just to give people something to cheer on the way out. That's how bad it was. I mean, yeah, they were the, the yeah, the, the backs were against the wall in terms of getting the, the crowd, sending the crowd home happy. I, I mean, I, I half expected I mean, Triple H to retain, really, because you know Triple H sometimes yeah. does people over at WrestleManias. Ah, I feel like that's uh, what do we do after that? Say it. Oh, and then uh, I, just your point on Triple H. I feel like that's if there's anybody who's been really good about putting people over, it's been him. Yeah, he at at the at the right times. He has. I mean, the, the time the times he's put people over uh, has been significant. I mean, there's arguments to say that he should have put others over. Um, but, I mean, I guess he can't put everyone over. Would you... He has my vote for greatest heel of all time. Uh, yeah, he's in the... <laughs> he's up there. I mean, yeah, he he made you hate him, like, back in the day. Uh, he really did. Uh, greatest. I mean, he, for a long, for a long period of time, he played that role really well. Uh, I mean, y- you can think of others like, uh, like the Miz, or you can, you can even argue, uh, when you take his man. impact, his impact, like the Miz, great heel, but never carried titles like that. Triple H carried t- Like when he and Stephanie got together, like I hated him when they, the original incarnation of the authority, like in 2000, whatever, I think it was like 2000, when him and Stephanie like did the, the fake marriage thing and they got together. Yeah. That was, they were doing wild shit. Like I remember Tess was in the ring one night on SmackDown and he's like, I can beat you with one hand tied behind my back. And then Triple H's like, all right, so he has him fight the boss man with one hand tied behind his... You can go look it up. Boss man hit him with a nightstick, knocked his ass out cold. Um, Yeah, you gotta go back and watch that on, on Peacock. What a time. I mean, he... 2000, 2000 and... Yeah, I mean, even up to the when he teamed with Stone Cold um, and uh, right before he got injured. Yeah, that was, that was peak heel for him. And then it um, carried on a few years later when um he you know after he, he uh, re- michaels right yeah he he was he was the, the the treacherous kevin owens type 
of 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 back then but he he um he had more conviction to it and he was um i mean yeah they gave him tons of world title reigns and like they they really they really wanted to strap the rocket to him and, and you hated to see it but um again we go back to that 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 psychology of of the heel knowing that the payoff of a baby face overcoming just mm-hmm. a shit heel is is not only a win for the baby face it's you know it's a two-way dance so um heels have spoken about being on the mat and losing one two three and you would think that you know the ego would be bruised because of that but but miz miz has spoken of you know when he gets pinned and a, and a baby face gets that over moment that yeah. he's laying on his back thinking like oh job done um mm-hmm. and and yeah triple h was great at that he was one yeah one of the best so i would yeah i would i'd agree with you that about him being yeah one of the greatest heels of all time um you know vince mcmahon for a time um you know you could you could say would austin have been as over i see austin is one of those guys austin wasn't a face people loved him but he wasn't your typical face he was just he was a renegade guy you know yeah. what i mean um yeah, I mean, so, socially, that's what people were into at the time, eh? Well, yeah, every dude, who doesn't, like, visualize drinking a shit ton of beer and beating the shit out of your boss? Like, All right. He tapped into that part of America. 